The reading today is Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 to 9, and that's page 709 in the Bibles. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Brilliant, Danielle. Thank you so, so much. And lovely to see each and every one of you. Um, just if, uh, to sort of give context at the start, we're in this Vision for Joy sermon series. It's been a three-week sermon series going through, if you like, themes in the book of Isaiah. So if you were here two weeks ago, you may remember the theme was the city and looking at the city theme. Uh, last week, the theme was the, of the vineyard or sort of the idea of fruitfulness. And then today has been spotted. And yes, as Ed said, afterwards, there is one of these in, indeed. Uh, this is the banquet theme today. And we've been applying really these themes in in this book of Isaiah to our lives and particularly to our life as a church and the vision that we believe God has called us to as a church, particularly for this coming academic year. And today you'll discover that I'm actually going to give two slightly shorter talks rather than one long one, just so you know what's going on. So let's pray um, and then we'll um, look at that passage together. Lord Jesus, our prayer is very simple, just in the words of that Bible reading. We pray that we might rejoice and be glad in your salvation. Jesus, do that work in us, that we might be those rejoicing and being glad in your salvation. We pray you do that work in us by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this week, I actually went to a banquet. Uh, On Friday, it was my parents' golden wedding anniversary, so 50 years as husband and wife, and so I went to a banquet uh, at their home near Newbury. Now, I don't know what you're imagining as I tell you that, you know, maybe the best of meats and finest of wines, as in our Bible reading, Uh, maybe sort of, you know, golden wedding anniversary, giant golden goblets, maybe, something like that, maybe mum and dad sitting on two glorious golden thrones a la Posh and Becks. Actually, the the reality was very, very different. Uh, The last months have been been pretty tough uh, for my mum and dad. Uh, Mum's absolutely exhausted Uh, because she's looking after my dad, who's had Alzheimer's for about 10 years. And then a few months ago, dad was diagnosed with motor neurone disease as well. And this last week, uh, dad had to go to hospital uh, for a hernia operation, relatively minor in most cases, but a lot more major when you can't move, when you can't speak, when you can't eat food unless it's pureed up, and you have a memory of less than 30 seconds. And so there we were on Friday, two days after Dad had eventually been able to come out of hospital, at their golden wedding anniversary. And there we were, sitting in their sitting room in their home, and the two of them round a little table. And Dad, sitting in his hospital chair, you know, the kind of ones where you press the button and it can go up and down. And me there as the waiter and the chef. Dad with his pureed food, and Mum with her normal food. The two of them having a banquet of sorts. Because, you know, my cooking's not great, even at the best of times. And then after lunch, I, I, if you like, I gave them a banquet 
of a different sort. And we did a little service, uh, just with me there with the two of them, did a little service renewing their wedding vows and taking communion. Now, I am somebody who does cry from time to time, but I have never cried as much as on Friday as I took that service with mum and dad. As dad tried to speak some of the lines, you know, I, Timothy, took you, Emma, to be my wife, to have and to hold from that day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part. If you weren't there, if you didn't know the context, you would not know what dad was trying to say as he grunted those words out. And as he did, I just blubbed and blubbed and blubbed, tears streaming down my face. After that, um, we had communion. And we've been thinking a little bit, I, t- I encourage him to think about the thief on the cross. You'll probably remember the thief on the cross. As, uh, as a thief on the cross is dying, looks across at Jesus and says to Jesus, King Jesus, remember me. And both of them, as they received the, the bread and the wine, repeating those words, King Jesus, remember me. And as they did that, I blubbed and I blubbed and tears streaming down. In fact, I was basically blubbing the entire service. I mean, it was a disaster. I was a wreck, a snotty, crying mess. And I was a snotty, crying mess for many, many reasons, as I'm sure you can imagine. But perhaps above all, because in that moment, there was joy in the midst of such a tough time. Now, each one of us here, we may not be in the same situation as my mum and dad, but the question is exactly the same. And the question is this, how do you or I, how do we know joy even in the midst of tough times? Because now it is a tough time personally for lots of people in our church family, whether that's because of ill health, or whether it's because of financial struggle or addiction or bereavement or relationship breakup or stress or whatever it might be. And now is certainly a climate of tough times for us all, economically, politically, socially, likely getting tougher over the winter. And really the summary answer to that question of of how do we know joy even in the tough times, well, it's the verse that I've repeated each week of this sermon series, Isaiah 58 verse 14. It simply says, you will find your joy in the Lord. You know, mum and dad knew something of that joy as they renewed their wedding vows before God, as they took communion together. You'll find your joy where? In the Lord. And it's why for all our banquets that we're having after all our services today, uh, we want you, as well as enjoying the banquet, we'd love you to, you'll see them decorated around the place, but we want you to take one on your way out, one of these little drinks mats. One of these little drinks mats, because on it, on one side, it says a vision for joy, and then on the other side, it says that verse, you will find your joy in the Lord. And I'd love you to take this, to take it with you, to take it home, to put it by your bedside table or on your uh, desk at work or wherever it is, somewhere where maybe you face tough times, to have it there as a reminder to us. In the tough times, in the tough circumstances, whatever it might be, where can we know joy? How can we find joy? We can find that joy in the Lord. That deep, constant joy, what Pastor uh, Warren Wearsby defined as that inward peace and sufficiency that is not affected by outward circumstances. We find that joy in Jesus. You see, the truth is that that the Lord invites each one of you to a future banquet of joy. 
A future banquet of joy. That's what um, the message of the Bible passage was that was just read for us. Uh, Isaiah 25. I wonder if you look at verse 6 again, the first verse of the reading that we had. Look at what it said. It said, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the, the best of meats and the finest of wines. You see, a banquet speaks of the, the idea of fulfillment. Fulfillment, our hunger, our thirst that is met in the most splendid of ways. You know, Fortnum and Mason will seem rather ordinary in comparison. Chateau Neuf du Pape will just taste like tap water compared to the glory and the wonder of this feast. And a banquet doesn't just speak of fulfillment, it also speaks of friendship. This idea in, these, in that verse, verse six, it tells us that all people are invited to this feast. All people, everyone, invited to this feast to be in restored relationship with the Lord, gathered together at the Lord's feast. This, this idea of restored friendship with God. It is the most glorious picture. You know, all our needs, all our desires, fully satisfied. You know, even death and suffering will be no more. If you look at verse seven, there's no need for a sheet to cover the bodies of dead people. It's not needed, verse seven. There's no need for a handkerchief to, to wipe away the tears on our face, verse eight. And all of this image of this future banquet of joy, it is such a contrast to the previous chapter of Isaiah. If you just were to glance back at Isaiah 24, it's, it's a picture of God's final judgment on earth. And in, in this picture in Isaiah 24 of this final judgment, there's no wine. The, the singing is silenced. It's as though joy has sort of been vacuumed out of the earth. It's like there's suddenly all the joy has just been removed from the earth. Just look at it in a couple of verses. 24 verse 8, it'll come up on the screen. It says this, the joyful tambourines are stilled. that the, the noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. Or go on to verse 11, same idea. In the streets, they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. Or joyful sounds are banished from the earth. Being separate from Jesus in that final judgment, we're being told it is being separate from joy forever. And the choice for every single person on this planet for eternity is either joyless judgment of chapter 24 or joyful banquet of chapter 25. If you just look at verse 9 of our reading, it pictures, it's imaging uh, in this future banquet of joy, there's this picture of God's people all sat around at the banquet. They are, they're eating, they're, they're drinking, they're laughing, they're joking, they're enjoying the time and they're talking together. And if you look... This is what it's imagining they're saying. This is what the people are saying as they're in this final banquet of joy. It's verse nine. They're saying this as they chat to one another over their tables, eating and drinking. They say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. And you know, those words are words that you and I can echo throughout eternity if we're trusting in him, the Lord. See, every one of us, we're invited by the Lord to a future banquet of joy. But we're not just invited to a future banquet of joy. Actually, the Lord also invites us to a present banquet of joy, a banquet right now as well. If you were to look onto Isaiah 55, it's gonna come up on the screen. God's speaking again. This is what he says. God says, come, 
All you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Truth is, throughout the Bible, spiritual blessings are pictured in terms so often of food and drink. Just think of Jesus. He does it again and again. John chapter 6, he says he is the bread of life. John chapter 7, he talks about the Holy Spirit as rivers of living water flowing from within us. Think of his most famous parable ever, Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son and his older brother, they're both invited to this banquet feast. And we all know that there is a spiritual hunger, a deep thirst inside every human heart. And we can look in all sorts of places to find that deep soul satisfaction. We can look in success or money or relationships or family or sex. All of those things, they can be great in their proper context, but none of them can bear the weight of the longing of our souls. You know, like a thirsty person who's trying to sort of glug down seawater to quench their thirst, the more we consume of these other things to try and quench that longing of our soul, actually the problem just grows and grows and grows. It is only Jesus Christ and his banquet that can truly quench our thirst and satisfy our hunger in the here and now. And God is saying to us, to every single person on this planet, God is saying to us, come to this banquet now. Come to this banquet where your soul can be satisfied, where your thirst can be quenched. Come to this banquet. He's he's pictured almost like, you know, think of the father in the parable of the prodigal son. Arms outstretched, beckoning us to respond. Four times in in verse one of, of Isaiah 55, he says, come. He says, come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters and you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. Come to this banquet of joy in the present. And today I want to invite you all to a banquet. It's going to be one after the service. Please come to the banquet after the service. But you know, my longing is that today's banquet is a picture of what we're like as a church. My longing is that we who follow the God with open arms, that we're a church with open arms. That absolutely all would be encouraged to come, the social outcasts as well as the social set. Those on the margins as as well as those in the centre of society. For all to be welcomed in at HTC to hear the grace-filled, life-transforming words of Jesus Christ that we all need to hear today. My, My longing is that today's banquet, that it's also a picture of what our vision is as a church for the coming year. Last Sunday, if you were here, I spoke on, uh, from Isaiah 54 on that sort of image of a tent and talked about us needing to strengthen our stakes, our tent pegs in terms of our discipleship, but also you may remember to stretch our tent, to stretch our tent in terms of our outreach. And, and my prayer is that as we stretch our Sunday services, as we stretch out in, in sports ministry, 
As we stretch out in our outreach to those on the margins, as we stretch out with our children and families work, as we stretch out even with our building itself, with Revitalize 250, our building project, it'd be as though we are stretching our arms wide. We're stretching our arms wide to say, come, come all you are thirsty, come to the waters of living water of Jesus. But you know, my longing is that today's banquet would also be a picture of something even bigger than that. A picture of God's banquet of joy, both the one in the present and the one in the future. And I wonder if you notice that in the banquets of joy, both present and future, we're told they're free, we're told they don't cost, and we're also told in both of them that the food is rich. You know, the banquet is free because Jesus paid. The food's rich because Jesus became poor. In the parable of the prodigal son, you may remember the fattened calf is killed to make the banquet possible. But in reality, God himself opens his arms on a cross and is killed to make this banquet possible for you and me, both the banquet in the present and in the future. Jesus loves us so much that he takes our punishment on himself on the cross so that we might know forgiveness. Think of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter eight. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. A few years ago, there was a nationwide poll which asked the question, what word or phrase would you most like to hear spoken to you? What word or phrase most like to hear spoken to you? Number one, top of the list, things people would most like to hear spoken to them are the, is the words, I love you. To hear someone say to them, I love you. Second on the list, the words, you're forgiven. You are forgiven. And then third top phrase that people most wanted to hear after I love you, And after I forgive you, the third phrase that people most wanted to hear, believe it or not, was supper's ready. (laughs) I love you. I forgive you. Supper's ready. But you know, those are exactly God's words to you and to me this day. God stands there with arms outstretched, with hands pierced, and he says to you and to me, he says, I love you, I forgive you, supper's ready. Come to the banquet of joy. Let's pray, shall we, as we sit, let's pray. And then we're gonna respond with a song. Just want us to take a moment before we go any further. to respond to Jesus as he calls us to come to the banquet. His invitation to come to the banquet in the present and the banquet in the future, both full and marked by joy. And maybe just take a moment just to speak to Jesus and to thank him that joy can be found in him and to respond to his invitation. Do you know, it may be there's some people here today and as 
we just take this moment now, maybe it's perhaps the first time you've ever really properly heard those words, God's words to you, saying to you, I love you, I forgive you, and supper's ready. And if that's you, I'm just gonna pray a prayer out loud now, and it's a prayer that you might like to echo in your heart. In many ways, I just think it's a prayer all of us wanna echo in our hearts, but there may be a few people here and actually you wanna echo it in your heart, a particularly significant way for you right now. So let's pray. And then we're gonna sing a song in response that's been written by Rory and the team. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me so much that in Christ you died in my place on the cross. Lord God, thank you for your offer of forgiveness. Lord, I'm sorry for running away from you like the prodigal son. And Lord God, today, I wanna take up your invitation to the banquet of joy. Please, today, might I know the wonder of relationship with you. Please, would you come into my life by your spirit. And Lord God, I thank you for the gift of life, of eternal life with you. I thank you for the wonder of this banquet of joy that I can know both now and in eternity. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And what joy we have in knowing you, Lord Jesus. Would you fill us with that joy, we pray. Whatever the circumstances in our lives, we pray that you would fill us with that joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do please have a seat. Now, if you were listening 15 minutes ago, I did say there are two talks um, uh, this morning. Uh, And I'm going to start the second one now. It's slightly shorter than the first one. You'll be pleased to know. Um, But really, this Vision for Joy uh, sermon series that we've been doing has been looking to try and be very practical. To sort of, as we think about the vision of us as a church... um, how do we respond? We've been thinking about how we respond in prayer, how do we respond uh, in worship, but also how do we respond in action? And uh, uh, we had the visionforjoy.com, the sort of website where there have been different ways that we can look to respond uh, in action. Two weeks ago, we thought in the five boxes, we've got five different boxes, uh, we thought particularly about everyone belong and everyone grow. How do we feel a part of HGC, like we belong here? How do we grow as followers of Jesus being part of this church? Then last week, we thought particularly about everyone pray, how are we praying for all that's going on in the life of the church, and how do we serve? We had a serving form that if you were here last week, you'll have filled in. Thank you so much to so many of you who filled that in. How can we contribute uh, to the vision of this church using our gifts, our skills, our passions? Uh, if you haven't filled that form in yet, um, please uh, do that if you are able to. So you, you can keep responding to uh, those things on the avisionforjoy.com web pages. But today we're focusing on the last of those five boxes, the give box, our financial giving. So I just want to say, first of all, that if you are new or visiting, it is so lovely to have you with us. But please don't think we talk about money the whole time, because we don't. Uh, but I am speaking unashamedly about money and finances right now today. And secondly, if you're new here, please don't feel you have to give anything financially. Of course not. Please don't feel you have to give anything at all. If you want to give something up, we won't say no, of course not, uh, but there's absolutely no need to. 
But before I sort of encourage us to, to get out our phones, to show you the, the sort of giving form that you can fill in and things like that, I just want to take a moment to answer the questions about giving. Two questions, really. Why give and how give? Very simply, why do we give and how do we give? Um, firstly, thinking about why give. Why give? First reason is because we're excited about the vision of HTC. That vision of seeing every life bearing fruit for Jesus. Every life includes our own lives, us bearing fruit for Jesus. But we're not just some sort of cozy club. We, we exist for every life to be bearing fruit for Jesus. We stand, as it were, as I've been saying, with open arms as a church. We're stretching out those arms, stretching them as wide as possibly we can so that more and more people might respond to God's invitation to come to his banquet of joy. So that's the first reason why we give. We give because we're excited about the vision. But actually, there is an even more fundamental reason of why to give than just because we're excited about the vision. And that is because we're grateful for God's grace. In the New Testament, the classic sort of passage that is all about the motives for generously financially giving is what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 8. It's going to come up on the screen. You can turn to it. It's page 1163 if you want to. If you've got the, the, the webpage of um, Isaiah 25, it's just below it as well. But just look up on the screen there. And just look. It's going to come up on the screen where um, 2 Corinthians 8. And you'll just see five times in those nine verses the word grace. Verse 9 says it most memorably. I've already quoted it this morning. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. The wonder is that all Christian giving begins with the grace of God. That's where it begins, with the realization that God is a loving, self-sacrificing, giving, generous God. You know, first of all, God wants us to give, not our money, but first of all, God wants us to give ourselves. In verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 8, it says of the Macedonians, it says they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. They gave themselves to the Lord. You see, HTC, our giving is not just an act of charity, whether it's giving to this church or anywhere else. As you give, it is not just because you marvel at the vision, as important that is, but it's more than that. As you give, it is, it is your act of worship. It is part of you, first of all, giving yourself to God, giving yourself to the one who died so that we might live, giving yourself to the one who became poor so that we might become rich, giving yourself to the one who paid the price so that we might freely come to his banquet. We give to the one who's first shown his grace to us. We say, if God's all done, that, done all that for me, then of course I want to generously give in grateful response to him. And so if you like, that very simply is why to give. Why do we give? We give because of the vision, and we give because of God's grace. What about how to give? How do we practically give? Let me say five things, and they're going to be very brief. Don't worry. Five things. Firstly, our giving should be pressure-free. How do we give? Our giving is to be pressure-free. Paul says in chapter 8, verse 8, he says, I'm not commanding you. He says, I'm not commanding you. Real Christian giving, it cannot be commanded. It can't be pressurized. It's got to be pressure-free. Secondly, our giving is not just pressure-free, but our giving should be planned. As it was with the Macedonians, as the Macedonians give, as we read about that in 2 Corinthians 8, that their giving was planned. So the, advance, uh, the answer to avoiding pressure in giving is not to provide no opportunity to give, but to provide planned, unpressurized opportunity. 
And that's what this time of year is at HTC. Last week, I, I said what the financial need was of the church. And I'll just, just let me repeat it very quickly for those who weren't here last uh, Sunday. Our current expenditure for this calendar year as a church is estimated to be just over £1 million. So £1,080,000 for 2022. And that is made up for, that is paid by the generous giving of so many people in this church. And so if that is you, I want to say thank you so, so much for all that you've been giving financially to the church. But we're saying to meet our needs, to implement our plans for 2023, there's going to need to be an increase in expenditure by around £150,000, which is largely due to an increase in staffing as well as ministry costs, particularly in those areas that we're looking to stretch out further, as we're looking to open our arms wide, to stretch the tent, you know, with the sports outreach, with an extra outreach minister, with, 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 our, with our children and families ministries on Sundays. And so our prediction, based on the current run rate of giving, is that our giving needs to go up by £80,000 next year, to meet this need, which is an increase of about 7% on this year's giving. Obviously, that is not the, including the biggest expense of all. The biggest expense of all is Revitalize 250, our building project that we've wonderfully just been given the green light for 10 days ago. So with Revitalize 250, that is a project of around five million pounds. Through the generosity of many of you, through many people in this congregation, uh, we have already either been given or pledged 2.2 million pounds. But you can do the math, there is around a sizable nearly three million pounds more that we still need to raise. And so what we're doing this Sunday is we're inviting you who are trusting Jesus, you who are committed to this church, who are part of this vision for joy, we're saying, please, would you fill in the giving form as to what you can give for the next 12 months. Third, how do we give? Our giving should be proportionate. It says in verse 11, it says, we give according to your means. So the Bible gives a suggestion for giving. It's called tithing, 10%. For some, it is a struggle to give that much. For other people, 10% isn't even noticeable. So when someone asks how much should they give, I don't think there is some sort of set answer. So please, please do not feel guilty if you cannot give loads. You know, when we hear numbers like three million pounds, we might be going, well, my giving is so small, so insignificant uh, when there's a big number like that. But whatever that amount is that you can give, that is wonderful. We thank God for it, however much or however little it is, and God delights in it. But I would say this, fourthly, how do we give? Our giving should be plentiful. With the Macedonians, Paul says in verse two, he says, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. So these Macedonian Christians, they gave plentifully. They gave sacrificially. You know, they would have noticed, as it were, the money coming out of their bank accounts. They would have had to make sacrifices. They would have had to live at a lower standard of living than otherwise because of their plentiful giving. And so, you know, for each one of us, if we don't notice our giving, you know, if it just sort of slips out of our bank account and it doesn't really bother us, doesn't make much difference to our lives, then probably we should be giving more. You know, if we just give and our giving is just sort of similar to what we spend on gym membership and our daily coffees, maybe we should be giving more. 
Now, for me, as I've been sort of had to think through over the years about giving financially, practically, the thing that has been most helpful to me is uh, the theological treatise that is um, this children's book, Little Croc's Purse, that my children used to have when they were little. And it is a brilliant book, uh, highly recommended if you're thinking about a theology of giving. Um, what happens in it is Little Croc, I won't spoil the whole story, but Little Croc uh, comes into some money out of the blue. And Little Croc has to decide what is he going to do with the money that he now has. And so what Little Croc does is he goes to a cafe, he gets himself a fresh lemonade, and he gets three envelopes. And he writes on the envelopes these three words. He writes spend on the first envelope, save on the second envelope, and share on the third envelope. And there he is with his money, and he has to decide how much he is going to put in each of those three envelopes. And the question's very simple, the same for us. How much are we going to put in each envelope? How are we going to divide our income into those three sections? For us, I'll tell you how it is for us as a family at the moment, most of it goes into the spend envelope. Most of it goes there. Sadly, absolutely nothing goes into the save envelope at the moment, nothing at all. Uh, and then around uh, 10% of our uh, income goes into the share envelope. And the lion's share of that 10% that we put in the share envelope, the lion's share of that we give to HTC rather than to other charities because a big pool of people can give to big charities, but only people coming here, people in this church community are going to give to uh, the, the general running of this church and so today, really what I want to do is I want to encourage each one of us to reassess our envelopes, to think possibly how can we reduce how much we've got in the spend envelope or reduce how much we've got in the save envelope so that we might be able to put more into the share envelope so that we can give plentifully to this vision of seeing every life bearing fruit for Jesus. And that's what Susanna and I have chosen to do today. And can I just say, particularly as we sort of think about Revitalize 250 and the sort of sums involved there, for some of us, not for all of us, but for some of us, there may be a fourth category. In addition to those three envelopes, there may be a fourth category for some of us, and that is uh, a fourth category, our savings. There may be our savings, and actually we can think through prayerfully whether we can give plentifully by actually giving a portion of our savings, whether that's in cash or in assets or whatever it is, that we could give part of our savings towards Revitalize 250 and the five million pound reordering of our building. And then finally, we've had, uh, we've had four ways of how to give, uh, all beginning with the letter P, I hope you noticed. Um, Pressure-free, uh, planned, proportionate, and plentiful. There's a final way, it doesn't begin with P, but it's very simply, how do we give? We give joyfully. We give with joy. You see, there is no question at the moment that the, the cost of living crisis is a challenge. Of course it is a challenge. For many, it is meaning cutting back on some of the non-essentials in our lives. And as we do that, as we look to sort of cut back on some of the non-essentials, actually what it feels like is we're cutting back on some of the things that most bring us joy. That's why it finds difficult, because these non-essentials, actually, those are the things that most brought us joy in our lives, and suddenly we're having to cut back on some of those. But I want to encourage us, as well as rightly cutting back in some areas, these verses remind us that the most joy is to be had in giving away. 
That's where the most joy is found, in giving away. In verse two, it says these Macedonian Christians, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Or or in the next chapter, Paul famously writes, he says, God loves a cheerful giver. Literally, it is God loves a hilarious giver. If you can't give with a smile on your face, he's saying, then do not give at all. So how do we give? We're to give with joy, with joy, with celebration. I often say that ultimately, our giving is not just a sort of pragmatic response to an appeal. It's not so much the calculated thriftiness of an accountant, as lovely as your accountants are, but it is actually the almost exuberant extravagance of a joyous lover as we give away. You will find your joy. Where? You'll find your joy in the Lord. Let me pray, and then we're going to turn to thinking actually practically how do we give we're going to press the button which is on the forms that says uh, how you can give and I'm just going to talk you through that so let me pray first and then we'll do that Lord Jesus thank you so much for all the money that is currently being given to HTC we thank you for the generosity and the sacrifice of so many we thank you for your provision for us in so many amazing ways We thank you that we find our joy in you. And we thank you that like the Macedonians, we can know joy as we give away. And Lord God, as we think about our giving and how we might respond, we pray that you guide us, that you direct us, and that you help us know the wonder of being people of joy as we give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, what I'd love us to do now is um, to get your phone out, and I'm just going to show you how uh, giving works. So if you get your phone out, on the screen is going to come a QR code, and if you scan that, um, you will go to the avisionforjoy.com page, or you can just type in avisionforjoy.com on your phone, or you can just go to the Holy Trinity Clapham website, um, and you will see the link to A Vision for Joy. So if you just head through there now, just like I'm going to do as well, um, and get to the avisionforjoy.com page, um, and on the page, you will see, um, as people scan through it, uh, yeah, keep that up there for the moment. On the page, when you get there, you'll see those five boxes. Belong, grow, pray, serve, and give. And what I'd love you to do, once you've got uh, to that avisionforjoy.com page, um, is to press the give box. And when you press the give box, you'll get taken through uh, to the giving page of our website. website. So I'll just give a moment uh, for people to do that. Use the QR code, or if that doesn't work for you, uh, just type in avisionforjoy.com in your web, on your web browser, or type in holytrinityclappen.org, and you'll see a little link to A Vision for Joy at the top there. Um, so uh, just take a moment to do that. Just wave at me if you're still struggling to get to it. Most people are there, fantastic, great. So uh, once we're there, um, we're gonna... Um, uh, show on the screen this as well. You'll get uh, press uh, the give box and you'll go through to the giving page of the website, which looks like that. And as you scan down, uh, you'll see there are two forms, which are give now and pledge now. And you may be going, which one of those do I press? Well, let me tell you. If you are sitting here today and you are already giving by standing order to the church, as many people here do, 
the easiest thing for you to do is to press the pledge button. Pledge now, the second button. And you'll go to a form, and if you press that now, you'll go to the pledge form, and it's very simple to fill in. You fill in your name as you scroll down that form, and your email, and then you pledge the amount that you want to be giving to HTC's general funds uh, for the coming year. And uh, then you tick how often you want to give. Most people give monthly, so tick every month. If you wanted a different one to do that, you can see the question there, how often do you want to give? And so you tick every month. And then for me, because I'm a, already a regular giver, in that last question, are you already a regular giver, I'm going to tick uh, the first box, yes, I am amending my giving to HTC. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, later tonight, Susanna, tonight, Susanna and I are going to go on our online banking app uh, with our bank and change our standing order tonight. So lots of you can fill that form in, and you can do it now, and you know what you're going to give. And remember, even if you are keeping your giving at exactly the same level it currently is, it would be a real help if you could fill in this pledge form uh, so that we know what you're doing. And just in that bottom question, you just tick the middle box there, which says, yes, I'm keeping my giving to HTC the same. It would be so helpful if you do that just for our, us to know what's happening in terms of people's finances. And then, what about if you're a new giver? What, if, what about if you don't yet give to HTC by standing order? You've got a choice. You can either fill in that form in just the same way and then set up your standing order with your bank too. Or if you don't want to bother with your bank, you can give right now through HTC's online banking system rather than pledging money and then going to your bank. So if you want to do that, uh, you can go, if you just go back to the giving page, just go back on your, your web browser, and instead of pressing pledge now, press the first button, which was give now. If you press give now, I'll just show you the um, online banking system if you want to give right now. And basically, on that online banking system, you can see it again on the screen there. If you want to use this method instead, uh, all you need to do is put in the amount that you want, whatever amount that might be. Then where it says fund, you can either choose giving or revitalize 250. Obviously, if you want to give for general giving, which we're talking about at the moment, just you choose the giving one. Then choose the frequency. Again, if you want to do it monthly, there's a whole load of lists there. Uh, you can give weekly if you want to, but you can give monthly, the first of the month, choose whichever date you want to, do, to say your frequency. And then method, uh, you can choose either card or direct debit. And then tick the box if you can do gift aid and fill in your email address. What will happen then is you fill in your email address, you'll get sent a security code. Um, and you need that code to then go through to be able to fill in your bank details, put in your 16-digit number and all the rest, uh, CVC and all that stuff. Um, and you can do that. And you can do that right now if you want to. And then you're all done. You've set it up. You're ready to go. You don't need to go to your online banking system at all. So you can do, use either method, either the pledge now or the give now. Some people prefer um, paper copy, like all this online business. Don't like it. Um, Jamie? James, others are just going around. So if you prefer a paper copy and a pen, um, just come and grab one of those as Jamie and James and others uh, go around. So if you'd like a paper copy of that pledge form, um, just take that a moment. And what we're going to do now is just take a moment uh, for us to fill in one of those two forms if you're able to right now. Just remember, general church giving, uh, we're praying that goes up by 7%. Uh, to 1.2 million for 2022. If you want to give to Revitalize 250, that's separate to this. If you go on the giving page, you can see a little link to that, and then you can commit to Revitalize 250, either a regular monthly donation or a one-off donation. You can do that as well. And just to say as well, any extra money we get for the general giving above what we need, that will go across to Revitalize 250. If you've got any questions about giving, 
Um, Joe Watling, our operations uh, director, she'll be at the Get Connected stand at the back, so you can go and chat to Joe. She's in a bright yellow coat, so you won't miss her. So go to the Get, to Get Connected stand there. But let's just have a bit of music, one minute, just to fill in the form now, um, if we uh, would like to before a final song. So under the band could come up. We'll just have a bit of music, just one minute, to fill in either the pledge form or the give form now, if that would be helpful for you. Seconds more to do that, just to say I know I've been told by some people that the, the give form is a little slow on the internet. Uh, don't worry, if you need to do it later, you can do that as well. But um, it's so, so helpful for us, uh, for you filling either of those forms in uh, today, if you possibly can, or over the next uh, few days. But just a few seconds more, and then we're going to stand in just a second for singing our final song. Let's do that, shall we? Let's stand. <laughs> 